Today on the Zabecast, will we ever as a nation be good enough to win the World Cup? Or are we just too rich and too white? Drew Olson and I debate, you decide. The All-Star Game voting system is the worst, the worst I say, only it's better than probably anything you or I could think of. Summerfest, Elon Musk's mini-sub, and FTG. You got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Tuesday, July 10, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Let's skip the needless unboxing video and get right into it. Every now and then I like to think, man, radio is such an interesting business. And by interesting, I mean screwed up, inept, crazy, laughable at times. I've seen my share of screw-ups firsthand at the station I'm currently at in Washington, D.C. doesn't mean that I haven't worked with a lot of good people, a lot of mediocre people who are well-meaning and then there are some downright uh out downright lying incompetent scheming assholes but for the most part decent people and then some decent people who are just overwhelmed and don't quite know what they're doing and so bad decisions get made i'm glad to know that i'm not alone in this regard because the padres flagship sports radio station is having a very rough year In fact, a worse year than even the Padres themselves. 97.3 The Fan has seen a 0.0 rating recorded among men 25 to 54 in the mornings. Ooh, a blue Tarski in your target demo, 25 to 54. Here's how they got there. The station, which is owned by Entercom formerly CBS Radio, was rebranded as 97.3 The Machine back in March. Expectations were high, given that it was the new flagship station of the San Diego Padres, who happen to be the only major pro franchise left in town after the Chargers have packed up and left. Despite the fact that there there are already two competitors in the sports talk space in San Diego, vying for what has to be a limited Southern California audience, That'd be the Mighty 1090, which I listened to, not growing up, I listened to in my formative years uh, in college at UC Santa Barbara because the Mighty 690, with their antenna located across the border in Mexico, could blast out 50,000 watts and it would just boom up the coast off the water where AM signals travel really, really well and land on the shores of Santa Barbara. And I used to listen to uh, uh, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton on the Mighty, well, actually it was not the Mighty It was the Mighty 690 back then. Now it's the Mighty 1090. I think it's the same company, but don't quote me on that. The Mighty 690 out of San Diego. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Talk to me, Escondido. What are the Chargers doing? I want to hear your thoughts on the NBA final. You know, he would rat-a-tat it off. He was very good. Very good. Uh, Lee Hamilton. Anyway, they got the Mighty 1090 there. They got Extra Sports 1360. And it was assumed that the machine, the third sports radio station in town, would be able to get in there and start throwing punches because, hey, at least they've got the baseball team. Well, the mission appears to have derailed even before it began. Towards the end of March, with baseball season approaching, they had hired a guy by the name of Kevin Klein, a radio host from the Bay Area, to come south to San Diego. Now, you got to know a little something about NorCal, SoCal, 
rivalry and the attitudes of those from one part of California versus the other part of California. It's rather comical the way they look at each other. And, of course, they look down their nose at each other. Ugh, Northern California figures. Ugh, Southern California trash. I saw this firsthand when I was at UC Santa Barbara. And I didn't take sides because I had friends from both North and South in California. So Kevin Klein gets hired to host this new morning show. And as he's leading up to the launch of the show, he tweets out a picture of the famous Coronado Bridge in San Diego with the big letters in red saying, jump, with an X, with an asterisk. And then in the lower right corner, it says, to a new morning show. Kevin Klein live on 97.3 The Machine. Well, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Apparently, the Coronado Bridge has one of the highest suicide rates in the nation, which, of course, made many people angry, upset, triggered, and full of righteous indignation. Initially, Klein tried to tweet through the mini firestorm, but then realized, nah, nah, you're not going to win this one. And so a groveling apology was written and delivered. It did not take. The San Diego Padres, meanwhile, sent out the following press release before the season began. We find the comments made last night by Intercom's employee offensive, insensitive, and completely unacceptable. Mental illness and suicide are not joking matters. Additionally, we've expressed our concerns to Intercom around the tone and direction of the station they have chosen to create. Blah, 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 hargle, bargle, hargle, bargle. Oh, by the way, Padres, Padres, how are we doing in July? Ooh, there they are at the bottom, 39 and 54. Not really good at baseballing, but they're good at umbrage in a press release. Okay, fine. I get it. You, you, you want to be associated with a classy outfit. And a shock jock has done something that you, as a baseball team, must say, well, I tell you what. Never mind the fact that I don't think a single person would not tune into a Padres game or not go to the park just because of an unrelated DJ's tweet that unfortunately used a suicide reference that, you know, an apology would have sufficed. I'm sorry, that was out of bounds. So they end up firing him. They fired the DJ. You fired the man? Yes, they, they canned him before the show even got off the ground. So in, so in, bring, in they bring in another guy, Dan Cilio. Dan Cilio has been around in our business a number of places, Tampa, San Diego, different stations, played uh, football at Miami many years ago. Well, Dan Cilio's show is not exactly kicking ass. According to the May survey, that's when the new rebranded station, no longer the machine, but now the fan, drew the 0.0 number in the men 2554 demographic. Now, I'm not saying this is any knock on Dan or his show. I haven't heard it. I don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's a terrible number, though, 0.0. And in part, maybe it's because they, you know, ramped up for a big new launch of this machine, and then they fire this morning show over a tweet. The Padres are 15 games under 500, and it doesn't even have the same name in the station anymore. Good times. (laughs) Of course, the Padres... Uh, their deal runs through 2021 with this station. And uh, former former team president Mike D, who was fired rather quickly and without much fanfare last year, 
D immediately went to work for Entercom following a stint with the Padres to run the radio company's newly created sports business division. So the station hired a guy from the Padres who got fired. And then, yeah. All that said, shit. Who wouldn't want to live in San Diego? As long as I'm getting paid, if I only have 200, and in fact, I think the 0.0 rating is because they said about 200 men, 25, 54, listen to the morning show. If I'm getting paid and I'm doing a show for 200 people, fuck it. I'm living in San Diego. I'm doing all right. Doing all right. All right. I got to follow up on this because I did a half-assed job yesterday and I feel, I feel bad. I told you the story of what Tim Berners-Lee, the guy who created the internet, was doing to try to take back the internet from the big titans of industry like Google, Facebook, Amazon, etc. And I just glossed over it. I said, it was, eh, it's a long story, it's complicated. I got the outlet wrong. It's Vanity Fair. It's not The New Yorker. And I went back and I actually cut and paste and cut and paste and cut and paste to give you at least a few bite-sized nuggets. Now, if you're already groaning, if you're already rolling your eyes at this, relax. Drew Olson's going to come by in just one hot second. But let me just mop this up. I swear, it'll take two minutes, max. According to the story, Berners-Lee is creating a platform called Solid. Solid. And the Solid code and technology is open to anybody. So all you have to do is come into the chat room and start coding. People turn up every couple of days. They've heard about it. They're all driven to turn the world upside down, says Berners-Lee. Part of the draw is working with an icon. For a computer scientist coding with Tim Berners-Lee, inventor of the internet, is like playing guitar with Keith Richards. Only a lot less cocaine and a lot less women. Nerds! Colin, could you stop calling us nerds? Okay. We wonks, wonks baz. baz. It's all good. It's all good. You're coding with Tim Berners-Lee for no money. For a cause that is probably hopeless. These are digital idealists, subversives, revolutionaries, and anyone else who wants to fight the centralization of the web. For his part, working on Solid, the platform, brings Berners-Lee back to the web's early days. It's under the radar, he says, but working on it in a way puts back some of the optimism and excitement that the fake news, quote-unquote, takes out. And then he goes through exactly how it's going to work and control your data and, you know, whatever. That's too deep for me and I really don't care but the end of the article goes as follows when asked what ordinary people can do Berners-Lee replied quote you don't have to have any coding skills at all you just have to have a heart to decide enough is enough get out your magic marker and your signboard and your broomstick and go out on the streets unquote in other words the article says it's time to rise against the machines. No, no, I'm not getting out my magic marker. I'm not getting a broomstick. I'm not taking to the streets to protest Facebook or Google or Amazon. I might delete my account. I might log off. I might opt out. I know that's probably a losing strategy as well. There's too many people who have opted in. There's too much free stuff. Everyone is there. When everyone is there in one place like Facebook, it's it's easy to see why, well, I got to be there for my business. I was just emailing a guy who said, you know, there's a lot of people on the Zabe fan page on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, I should probably do something with it. I should, I should probably have a Facebook strategy. 
for my brand so I can reach out to all the people on Facebook. Say, hey, I'm Steve Zabin. I'm a big radio guy. I don't want to be working. I don't want to get a 0.0 in my Target demo. Although I will for the right amount of money to live in San Diego, California. What if I should send those guys a resume? Nah, idle thought. Never mind. Um, but I feel like I need a Facebook presence or a strategy of some sorts. But I hate it. I, I hate Facebook. I, I hate it not so much for the fake news or the uh, other stuff that you know infiltrates Facebook. I hate it because it's ugly. It's messy. To me, it's confusing. It's like this big weed-filled digital garden that I have to like pluck this and pluck that and settings this and how does this work and what does this button do and da 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 da. Ah, it's just too much. David Lindsay writes me to say, Zabe, I hate Facebook and Amazon with the white heat of a thousand suns. They need to be broken up. I avoid Google as much as possible. Use DuckDuckGo for your searches. All right, maybe I will. I do think that privacy concerns and an upcoming economic downturn will change things. Amazon will be especially hard hit because they actually make very little profit. Okay. I don't know about that, but we'll see. We shall see. All right, time to talk sports with Drew Olson, our buddy. But before we talk sports, I had to ask him, so how was Summerfest? Are you ready? All right, so what I want to really know is, did you survive Summerfest or did you dominate Summerfest, Drew Olson? I didn't dominate it, but I... I did pretty well. <laughs> you did pretty well. I How did many, pretty well. What number of year in a row is this for you at oh, Summerfest? I can't even count, man. I started going in high school. Okay. And for those of my listeners outside of Milwaukee who don't have any idea what the hell Summerfest is, go ahead and explain it to them. It is billed as the world's largest music festival. It is an 11-day Larger uh, than feast. Glastonbury? The legendary yes. Glastonbury Fair? Well, they, they they bill it as such. There are different music festivals. There's Glastonbury. There's Bonnaroo. There's okay. Lollapalooza. There are different festivals. But the thing about that sets Summerfest apart is that they have um, it's on permanent grounds. There's the grounds are they have this amphitheater, the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. It's twenty four thousand seater. We have major corporations sponsoring this drunken debauchery. Indeed. And so they have what they call an amphitheater act every night that you can go see. But then there are also like eight ground stages that are stages for like between three, four, ten thousand people. And and so they're ground stages and there's just a bunch of bands playing all at the same time? Yeah. How uh, does the music not bleed over into one another? That's a a beautiful question. It's it's (laughs) the the stages are spaced and they are uh, angled. Positioned in a way. Positioned in a way to not have bleed. Yeah. And so do you have to buy tickets for the amphitheater act? Yes. The amphitheater act is a separate ticket. It also gets you into the grounds and then they charge what they charge. Like Dave Matthews band played. And they're, they're, last night, I'm trying to think who, uh, last night was Arcade Fire. Uh, they had they always have, like, James Taylor was there with Bonnie Raitt. They have, uh, you know, rappers. The Weeknd was playing this weekend on the episode. So they have some major so acts. You get, you get all kinds of acts, too. It's not just yes. country. It's not just pop. It's it's everything. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but if you can usually find something that you like. How did you guys get the corner on this? How many years have they done Summerfest? They just celebrated. This was 51 51 okay yep. and and of all places i bet there's a lot of cities that are like hey fuck them cheese eaters up there in milwaukee we want this down here somewhere cooler like 
Austin, Texas, or you know San Diego, or something like that. They, they, I bet there's other cities that would love to have this festival, yeah. but they don't have the oomph of 51 years no. in a row. And the permanent stages and everything is it's paved and the buildings and the even the restaurant buildings and stuff. It's like, OK, you could have food trucks, trucks and put festivals in a grassy area like Woodstock or something. Or But it doesn't feel as nice. And it's not as nice. Yes. The infrastructure is not as nice. No. The and it's right on and the, the lake. And yes, it, it is. Yes, on the it's lake. right on the lake, which is yeah. beautiful in the summer. And uh, you're right. Everything the, the permanent structures set it apart. People, you tell people you go to a music festival, they think, oh, fuck, it's going to be some farm field and it's going to be muddy and awful. And <laughs> right. It's not. It's clean. It's like it's almost like a theme park. But don't, for adults who like to drink and listen to music. Don't they also have a small ski lift that goes over or sure. a gondola that goes over the grounds from one end yes, to the other? Yes, they do from one <laughs> end to the other. Uh, and it's majestic views of downtown Milwaukee and the, the grounds. And a friend of mine from onmilwaukee.com, shameless plug, former employer of mine. Who that, by the way, because you uh, know you and I, I have relations with her, them as well. Yes, well, her name would be Molly. Not Andy uh, Tarnoff. Uh, no, okay. no, not anything off. But she actually, this was a brilliant idea. The festival's open from noon till midnight, right? She spent twelve hours on that sky glider. No, as a as a bit, as, as a, a bit, shtick, as, as a as story. An article, like you know, she what is wrote it, like? it all twelve hours nonstop on a sunny hot day, and she had people sit in with her. She had the mayor. She had like thirty three people sit in and take trips with her, and she interviewed them along the way. Did a Facebook live? Did brilliant she go, idea. Did she go crazy? Like I'm going insane. No, Get me off she this thing. she held up pretty well, and it was it, it's just a brilliant idea. And so she ate it. on it and drank on it. How about yeah. peeing? Though she took a bathroom break or two during the day to get off. I mean, she's not going to wear the wizenator. Bro, <laughs> Catheter. I'm sorry. Ruling is <laughs> ruling is she did not write it consecutively uh, for 12 hours straight. She took a break or two. That was, but I wish I'd have thought of that. We actually thought, well, we should do a, a show from there or something. We should do our, take our portable unit up there and do a radio show. Uh, you could, could you take a shit up there if you had to, um, in a, in some sort of camper well, bucket, mean, some sort of hunter's bucket anywhere. I mean, that's, it's a, it'd no, be, no, a, it'd no, be no, tough no. gymnastics. It would be it would, gymnastics. It would be, I think it would be hard. I mean, you've seen the ski lift thing. It's, it, it seats like two adults. Right, it's That's a mini. It is. Isn't it a mini gondola? Yeah, it's just one of it's a is little it, chair. It's it like your chairlift is a good way to do it. You have like the lap bar or whatever, though, okay. but that's it. Yeah. But I'm talking about ultimate road wins because well, people could people here's, could see, here's the thing like they don't let you take you drinks up there anymore because people would you know pour you pour, pour your drinks on there. And stuff. And, yes, yeah. And, Okay. And then you wonder about some body, bodily fluids because there's many stories of guys, you know, high school, college guys going up there and getting hand relief. Oh, know? God. <laughs> I bet. So, wait. So, 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 so you never walk directly under it. You try not to. If you were going to take a shit up there into some sort of camping bucket, uh, hunter's shitter, whatever you want to call it, would people be able to see you taking a shit up there? I if they were coming from the other direction, because this is a two-way thing. It goes both ends of the ground. Right. So, yes, people would be able to see. Yeah. But what about from below? Uh, probably not, no. So, because it's enclosed. Yeah, and you don't even really notice the things when you're walking around the grounds. You don't even really. Okay, what if somebody held up a, a little discreet sheet as people are coming by the other way? Like, oh, is that guy taking a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what is this scatological fascination? I, I know. I I, okay, I know you're wondering where is this going? Where is Why this going? am I asking this? Yes, it's because I always seek out the most insanely difficult road wins. <laughs> ever.
And that would be a very that tough road win on the gondola on the Skyrider at Summerfest in Milwaukee. That you know, would be rough. you know, uh, you know who's got two thumbs is sitting right here and once played at Summerfest. This guy. You probably don't remember when I did my own tune, Fat Magic, to the tune of Fat Albert, with a band that was friends with Bob and Brian on stage I... at Summerfest, night. 1995, I want to say. I think I vaguely remember that, and they yeah. they also they did another song too at one point. I forget the name of the group. You. Do you remember the name of the group uh, that uh, was friends with Bob um, Bryan at the time? 1995. Not sure uh, if they're still together. Or likely not. the Boogeyman, maybe. Yes. Yeah. The Boogeyman. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Th- th- this was when Magic got really fat after uh, you know he was diagnosed with the HIV. And I just uh, penned a tune called Fat Magic. Hey, 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 it's Fat Magic instead of Fat Albert. And, uh, and we played it on stage. And uh, now as I look back, I'm like really embarrassed because it was, a, it was a childish, juvenile song that didn't take into account his medical condition. And I'm a horrible singer, but yeah, I there got was. up there. I didn't get pelted with rocks and garbage, so at least there's that. <laughs> the steroidal bloat, and you were fat shaming him. Boy, I know. you'd get Terrible. fired, and you—they would come for you now if you did that today. Funny, you know, they probably would. Now that I think about yeah. it, yeah. Well, there's They're a like, lot of how stuff dare we you get away with. How dare you do that song? Mm-hmm. I just thought he was letting himself go. Maybe it was steroidal bloat. I don't know. Either way, glad what? to see Magic is still here, man. He, everyone thought, like, oh my god, oh. we got ten years of Magic, and then. He's going to succumb to this awful disease. No, he's uh, he's still around. So that's no good. question. And he's now got he's building a juggernaut. Got LeBron. Okay, enough Summerfest talk. Let's talk soccer, Drew. Yes. I said let's talk soccer, Drew. Let's talk soccer. Where do you stand on the World Cup? I like it. I'm devouring it. I'm having fun. Um, it's it's like watching curling every four years. You but know? you, you, you are dive a, in. But you are a once every four years only kind of guy. Well, no, I have an appreciation for the beautiful game. I don't look down and say, pff, soccer, because I think when my fuck that guy was, you know, pff, the, the guy, guy who says, who cares, it's soccer. Right, right. Like, the world cares, man. You get over yourself. There's the a lot of people that don't shunner. give a shit. You yeah. don't like the soccer shunner. I don't like the soccer shunner. How it, do is, you feel, it, can, it is a good sport. How do you feel about his opposite entity, which is the soccer is perfect, how dare you suggest any changes guy? Yeah, that uh, that guy needs to relax, too. I mean... <laughs> Definitely. I saw the little hornet's nest you kicked on Twitter yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, there are some people that say that they really, there are some devout soccer fans that say it's ridiculous the way the shootout determines games. They don't believe that that's how the game should be determined. And that's not me talking. That's soccer purist guy saying there has to be a better way, which I think there is a better way. Would you like to hear it? I would love to. You take one guy off the field every five minutes for each side. Ooh. Or you start with alternating sort of two-man power plays. So for 10 minutes, one team gets the two-man advantage, and then for another 10 minutes, the other team gets the two-man advantage. So there's a better chance of inducing a run-of-play goal. Now, is it cheap? Is it forced? Is it contrived? Of course it is. But so's penalty kicks. Yeah, the penalty kicks. The the most of the soccer purists I talk to are okay with it because that's that's the game and the the attrition as you go through extra time and everything. 
they just guys can't continue to play. And because penalty kicks are part of the game, oh, it's like having a free throw contest. It kind of is, and they're practiced. You know, it's and it's. But out of ten PKs in that Croatia Russia match, three of them were missed, and the yes, one Russian and, guy missed badly. And you know what the percentages are for PKs of success? Eighty percent plus, like seventy to seventy-five to eighty percent. Yeah. yeah, it's the pressure of it. So someone's going to miss. Yeah, and someone's guys gonna, do and goalie's going to guess saves. right. Yeah. yeah, and and the Russia guy made an amazing save that knocked it off the post, and yet it still barely went in. Which is like you're—it's such a dagger. You're like he got his hand on it. A, it hit the post. B, it still went in. and it still fucking went in. How'd Epic. that happen? Epic. So I was uh, hard down to watch uh, Sweden because I'm Swedish. I was cheering for the Swedes. I don't—you know me—I'm neutered as a sports fan. I don't have any favorite teams or anything that my kid's not playing on. So I, I watch and I'm hard down. I'm like, okay, Sweden, England, this is going to be great. I want Sweden to win. I want them to to get to get through and go to the semis. That'll be awesome. I was thinking about buying a jersey online. Then I watched the first half, and I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to lose it. I went out and cut the lawn. Because <laughs> they were playing passive, some, and it's like, they have no chance. England, like, hardcore, England's going to win. Some yeah, hardcore exactly. fan you are. <laughs> exactly. I You're gave up. Worst. But I watched the next game because it was better. But, <laughs> but yeah, the first half was so uninspired, I, I just I said to myself, oh, fuck, Sweden's not going to win. I, I sold out. I admit, I, I pulled the shoot you, on Sweden. You are the worst, man. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you are the worst. I actually was wasting my Saturday watching, and then I once it started going, I was like, I can't stop. I, in fact, I, I delayed taking my daughter to the pool, and she was bugging the living daylights out of me. I said, sweetheart, I'm this far in. I'm in the 120th minute, and there's going to be PKs. We're not leaving right now. And I waited till the end. It was worth it. Once every four years, it's the least I can give soccer. Absolutely. And, okay, so it'll go away, and it doesn't mean that you have to watch the MLS now. And all, you know, it's, it's... Thank God. If they made me watch the MLS, if I dabbled in uh, the World Cup, I'd say I can't watch the World Cup. Yeah, and it's hard for us as Americans to process that we're not the best at soccer. Oh, no, I process like, it. Well, that's just I it. I process so... it, and I know exactly why we're not the best. Don't you exa- know exactly why we're not the best? The basic I have a reason? theory, but let's, let's right, hear let me, yours. No, let me hear your theory. Why aren't we the best at soccer? Because we have well, the numbers and we have the money, yeah, so why aren't we the best? You just hit on it because soccer is uh, the money. <laughs> it's a rich kid sport. It's a suburban white rich kid sport. It's not It's not. Not everybody is playing. So and you think, so I, I think, you that's think been if we choked. had more poverty, we'd be better at soccer? No, if we had soccer more, if soccer was pushed more to the masses, it's a, it's the same thing kind so of with hockey. And so you with, think you there's know? poor kids that can't afford to play soccer in America yeah, that would be the because, next well, Ronaldo? The, the structure of it is the best players are on these select travel teams, and if you've had a kid in soccer, it can cost five, ten grand a year. Well, that's what basically Hope Solo said yeah, the other day. Yeah, and she's not wrong. And then, But the other thing is ah! that... But, Some but, say she is wrong. Some well, say she is dead wrong. That basically, and I've had people call me up on this, Drew. They say any kid who might not have super wealthy parents, they get sponsored on travel teams all the time. Coaches will pay for a good kid to be on their you're travel not team getting them out of their starting. own pocket. They're, yeah, but okay, how many, again, how many inner city like soccer Like if you're really, really, there? really, really, really good. Well, the inner city soccer kids are playing basketball. That's exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. And so that, that we're missing a whole – It's 
So it's a it's a suburban white sport. It's a, it's kind of a and a well-heeled sport. No. So the other thing is there's plenty here, of minorities here's, playing. Well, in here's America. the bigger problem. True. Here's the other the bigger problem that kids will play around the world. Kids will play with a uh, you know a cow's uh, bladder inflated. You know they'll, they'll play with a with a, a skull that they find on the side of the road from roadkill or something. They it's just ingrained here my daughter played soccer and she was on a select team for a while she quit at about seventh or eighth grade after eighth grade she quit like a lot of kids do yeah and the thing is she played all those years seven years of organized soccer never once did she get together with her friends at the park and play they never had a pickup game they never played it was always you know uniforms coaches structure and two hours here training of the day so what do you blame what do you blame that on the kids who in, in other countries um, who grow up and have a ball on their foot constantly, you know, she never, you know, I, I had a little rebounder a, in the yard. Well, your daughter was a rich white kid. Well, and the, the, that's the thing. That, <laughs> but I by had the a way, rebounder in the yard the she way, didn't use. Okay, here's the thing, though. Our women are elite, and they're all rich white kids yeah. for the most part. So how does that cut with your theory? I think because the rest of the world doesn't like women's soccer and women well, just got the right to drive in some countries. I, say. I, I mean, come I on, women's sports here. We're ahead of the game. I know we, we exactly. There's there's definitely that. I they don't have Title Nine in a lot of places. I think the answer is very simple as to why we're not the best in soccer. Our nation has more professional sports leagues than any other soccer power. Like in Germany. Do they have a good German basketball league? Kinda. Uh, kinda. Do they have tackle football? No. no. Baseball. Do they have baseball? No. no. Nope. So where are their good athletes getting funneled? Soccer. Exactly. And that repeats and itself in every other country. We have too many other sports that catch the eye and catch the heart of great athletes, whether they're white, black, brown, rich poor sort of kind of okay and yeah. they go they get scattered to the money games and soccer is just not it for us this is what we will never overcome as a nation and it's going to anger those who have pushed hard for the u.s to get better and better at soccer and we have gotten better we've moved the needle but mm-hmm. we're never going to get home we're never going to get to the level of the world powers i'm with you on that but then i look at baseball right the american pastime that used to be in the Latin American countries, the kids play nonstop. It's what they do. It's their game, you know. Go ahead, sorry. And it's it, and it's that that makes me think um, we're, we're getting passed up there. So that makes me think that maybe somehow, some way, you know, we could catch up at some point. The way that you know Latin well, American countries have caught up with baseball and well, you and say some, catch, some measures you say catch up. I don't think we'll ever close the gap. Like I don't think yeah, in my well, lifetime, okay. my lifetime, we're not winning the World Cup. Sorry. We are not. Yeah, that's well. Because as you get higher, it gets steeper and steeper, the hill. Uh, but the miracle so, on ice, Abe, that wasn't going to happen either. But we play hockey. Yeah. That's another thing. We, we play, play soccer. We, we right. Play is, soccer. There, is there a great German professional hockey league like the NHL equivalent? No. Is no, there is there no. professional German hockey leagues? Yeah, I'm sure there are. Same thing for Russia, but it's not the NHL. Nope. We have the biggest, richest money leagues that attract our best athletes, and soccer is way down the list. Sad but true. True. Okay. Moving right along, uh, let's see. All-Star Game. Let's talk about it, Drew. Let's go ahead and uh, let's pimp getting some more Brewers, the best team in the NL through the first half of the season, on the All-Star team. 
Yeah, I mean, they got some guys. Best team in the National League, no starters. And they have a guy, uh, Jesus Aguilar, who is a candidate for MVP. Yes. He's in the extra guy vote-in thing, which kind of rankle a How lot of people in Milwaukee. Uh, I, it's kind of a travesty. But the thing is, you'd almost rather not be in that vote-in thing. I mean, To get in your panties in a bundle about the All-Star game, there's always defections and injuries and guys you know can't play or guys who pitch on Sunday can't you know pitch. So... Uh, there, until the, the 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 thing shakes out, but the fact that Jesus Aguilar is as a vote in is really weird to me because he's he's an MVP candidate. He's like these he's, he's right. too good to be in that derby. All right, so what should be done then to correct this, if anything, or what can be done? They let fans vote on the damn internet. Yeah, I mean twenty five times and a day from players one vote, and yeah, there is, there really isn't anything. But here, okay, so people are bitching about a guy in your market, Bryce Harper. Yeah, he's having an off year. How's he an all-star? Well, he's put he's up an some homers, but he's an all-star. And it's in his park, and like I got no problem with Bryce Harper being in that game. He's because the star of the fucking league, and he's it might be his last hurrah with the Nationals. Because the notion of, hey, the all-star game is finally here. After, by the way, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years now the team exactly. has been back. Actually, more than 10 years. Uh, 13 years now. And we, we got a ballpark. We actually have a few restaurants around the ballpark. By the way, you coming for the All Star Game or no? I am not. No. Damn you. No. I would. I like. It's too hot there. But eh. <laughs> it's too too hot. hot. <laughs> too hot in DC. <laughs> we finally uh, have some restaurants around the place. And can you imagine uh, if, because for one half of one season, Bryce Harper is having a bad year, he was not in the game that we've waited thirteen oh, years for? You're right. That's the point where sometimes you got to go. Fuck it. This guy's a star. He deserves to be and here. The fans want to see him. We don't give a shit that he's hitting 40 points under what he should be at this point in the season. Yeah. They should. Well, here's the thing get five, three to three. Let's say three. Each each league gets three spots for honorary stuff to get in, like the Cal Ripkins, the guys on their farewell tour. Or this year, Pujols and Beltre just got 3,000 hits, right? Like, let, let them make their way there, even though they might not deserve to be on. Have some like honorary spots. In addition, to, people bitch about every team being represented. I don't have a problem with that. It's an exhibition. Okay. I, I live in Milwaukee, where we went like twenty years without having a guy in the NBA All Star game, and it makes it, it, it does it to turn off. Like, who gives a shit if you let, don't have a guy? Let it be noted once again that Drew Olson does not have a problem with something. Yeah, Drew Olson is the guy that rarely, <laughs> rarely has, has a, a problem. problem with anything the way it is. No, I don't. I, I, I'm pretty you're chill. Very, you're a very easy writer on that kind of stuff. Well, uh, yeah, getting worked up about it is silly. <laughs> Some people do. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's, I guess, you know. But that's it, what being a sports fan is all about. It's an exhibition fucking up, game. It, it's, it's an exhibition right. game. It has no meaning. And, and then people, when it did have meaning, they bitched about how meaningless it was to give the fucking uh, home field advantage to the team in the All-Star game. It's an exhibition. They get it both ways. They get to bitch. All right, do you feel, do you, how do you feel about that? What, that they don't do it anymore? That they don't give the uh, home field advantage anymore? Yeah. That, wait, how do wait, I wait, feel wait. about that? Wait, wait, wait. When did they get rid of that? Oh, they got rid of that. It was, it's been a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah, they kind of forgot. This time it counts. No, they got rid of it. It doesn't count anymore. It's back oh, to being an exhibition. That's right. Okay. All right. So, but when they had it that way, did, you, did, did it bother you? My, what bothered me was I felt that um, it was a reaction to the debacle in my yes, hometown. Right. The tie. Got it. When Barry Bonds... Um, got on a left, plane. Left the game and went, got inning. on a private plane to go to the ESPYs and wasn't around. <laughs> and they had to say, hey, we got to get these guys to take this shit seriously, I right? Know. 
So they kind of they gin that up, and it was it was dumb. I would have rather have seen it. And if you know, they claim that they couldn't maneuver to have the team with the best record have ah, home field advantage. They claimed maneuver, maneuver. So my thing was okay. Then take the league with the best record in interleague play, which are championship season games that count. Let that league have the home field advantage, like the aggregate best record in uh, interleague play. Yeah, that, you could. That do was that. my idea. Yeah, that would be an idea. Uh, but I didn't hate it because I know why they did it, and it didn't fucking matter because for 100 years before that, they alternated year by year, and no one had a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Thailand cave rescue? It's been stunning. Stunning to watch. It's going to make for a great movie at some point, right? The uh, Chilean assuming, miners. Assuming half of them don't die. Did yeah. you see where Elon Musk basically created a mini, mini, one-man canister submarine over the weekend? I, yeah. To they didn't get have these time kids to do out. it. They, that like he he's sending one over. They may not have to use it because they've got a system in place. But he said, "Here, this might work." And people were like saying on Twitter, "Like, man, you must love working with your engineers." He's like, "Yeah, these guys are the best." They just said, "Okay, let, what can we do here? Let's go figure this out." They took like a, a a a nitrous tank from one of his rockets and then retrofitted it to say, "Okay, can we put a human being in there and give him enough breathing air for several hours?" And then just drag that person in that container through the narrow passageways of this cave. And the answer was, yeah, probably yes. Although God. I'm not sure. They God. said they, they said they could maneuver around some of the tight crags in the mm-hmm. cave. Well, you wouldn't know until you're a mile deep with that stupid canister. And then kink, kink. If you're like getting a couch. You know when you're moving a couch into somewhere and you're like, I'm sure <laughs> this couch work. is going to fit up the stairs. No, the couch does not fit up. No. You can move, oh, move it this way. No, move it that way. And you're like, fuck. You're scraping the walls and you're stuck and swearing and sweating. <laughs> exactly. Plus, I think I'd be more claustrophobic in that tube. It's almost like putting yourself on a human-sized bank deposit tube. Yes, a pneumatic, yeah. <laughs> God, Think about what these kids have been through, though. Think about like that they're still alive, that they, you know, no sunlight, no fresh water for so long. Speaking of putting yourself in tight spaces or in enclosures, I would fly an airline in which I am packed into a foam case with my own comfortable breathing area and stacked onto a plane and lay down on my back for four hours rather than put up with human beings next to me fighting for the seat seat rest or the armrest. Ooh, you want your own pod. Fuck yeah, I want my own pod. You could put me in essentially a so, coffin, a comfortable coffin where I know this is my space. Now I would have to have a PP device for sure. And I would not be able yeah. to eat or drink. But I'd put a TV screen on the roof. On the roof. <laughs> on the roof of this airline box and and I would much prefer that than being in and around people on planes like so we you, are now. You basically want to be in the bureau, the chest of drawers, like Kramer had the Japanese tourists. Yes! <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I want. Oh, man. Because people stink. People are loud. People are rude. People are gross. That's yeah. what I would prefer. That's yeah, what I would prefer. I'm, I'm with you there. It, it's... Air travel is now, it's so dehumanizing. It's the worst. Damn it's you the people, worst. This is garbage.
Let me ask you a golf question. Any interest in the Tiger Phil $10 million match, which still is not yet necessarily going to happen? Absolutely, I would watch that. You would? Okay. Absolutely. And you're with, not a golf fan? With zeal. I'm, I'm a, you know, I, nah. I, I'm a golf fan. No, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of all no, sports you're, equally. You're, you're a registered enemy of the game. No. From those of us in the you game. Just, you just hate the fact that I point out that more courses are closing than opening and the, the demographics aging and that they do need a kick in the ass. And having Tiger come back and be somewhat viable is great for the sport. <laughs> You're an enemy of the game. You point these things out and they're not untrue, but you neglect the fact that they overbuilt in 2000, 2001, 2002. And this is now a correction to right size yeah. the amount of inventory. As if, if nothing in life ever goes down, Drew. You yeah. use that as a club against the great hey, and ancient game that is golf. If millennials can't be counted on to watch a three-hour baseball game or a three-and-a-half to four-hour college football game, how the fuck are they going to play golf for six hours? Well, you know what? I got one. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, but I'm going to tell you something. You ready? Fuck millennials. Oh! <laughs> oh! oh! I just said oh! it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you're not getting no millennials. Fine. Then I'll, yeah, I'll, well, I'll, ride, I'll ride the game out until I'm 90 and die, and then the game can die with it. If, so here, if millennials don't want to play golf, fuck them to the moon and back. I do don't you, care. Do you want to piss off? You want to kick a hornet's nest that's even m- more dangerous than, than the one you did with guy? soccer? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. I'm still waiting because um, the Milwaukee Bucks and many NBA teams have their esports league going on, and I can't follow esports. I don't care. esports esports yeah are the worst. that's the next thing huh oh. mm, how's that working out fuck esports listen <laughs> esports is big business it has a huge future i grant all of that yes. to esports guess what it's not sports it's not fucking sports stop calling it esports it's competitive video gaming well it's just like sports there's teams yeah. There are stars, there's skills, there's hand-eye coordination. And yeah, there's millions yeah, of people yeah. watching on Twitch, Zabe. Exactly. That doesn't make it a sport. I can go through chapter and verse what makes a sport a sport and why video games are not a sport, and people will still go, but it's a sport, lots of people play it. Stop calling yeah. it esports. I'm telling you, there, there is very little crossover. The Venn diagram of those who are into esports and regular sports is tiny. It's a tiny sliver. Yeah, my take on it when they started to push it was like, okay, I get that they're trying to capitalize, and I thought it was just like the X Games when ESPN went all in with the X because that's what people, you know, these these uh, snowboarders and BMXers oh, yeah. are going to be the next big thing, and they're going to fill stadiums, and people are going to. And, and the X Games are still around. Yeah, and I but think it's never they still taken make a dollar root. or two off a of Red Bull and someone else. But yeah. you're right; it hasn't overtaken the Olympics. It hasn't caused no. guys to stop wanting to be the next Franz Klammer as a downhill skier. No, and as far as I know, there isn't a show in the country, a radio show in the country that devoted to X Games. Like, what's <laughs> two hours of X Games talk? And like, they now they're starting the esports talk. Now, fantasy was the whoa, one thing. Whoa, 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 whoa! You know, who's doing esports talk? Uh, there's I've, I've, there's a couple shows I think syndicated. Like okay. There's a couple, but the, you know, but well, fantasy well, sports it, it, is the is yeah. the limit. I think of you know you can actually sell that and get people talking about it. Well, but you that's can not sell, a sport, so. right? It's it's not a sport because it doesn't involve physical exertion, and it doesn't involve failure oh. like real sports. I mean, real sports you fail a lot. You get your ass kicked in football. You strike out a lot in baseball. You go against somebody bigger, faster, stronger in basketball. 
and you have to work out to get yourself bigger, faster, and stronger. You need coaching. You need teamwork. And you can say, well, all those things sort of exist in esports. Yeah, they sort of do, but they also sort of don't. So don't sell me yeah. that garbage. Oh, it's just like sports. It's not. It's it's a big money maker. I don't blame people for getting into it or for creating video game or uh, creating shows or podcasts about it. Knock yourself out. Stop calling it sports. <laughs> and with that, boom, Drew. Here we go. Come on a second. Oh, 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 hold on a second. I know what the problem. Another problem here. No, we're going to take this out in post production. Uh, and by that, I mean we're not going <laughs> to No, we won't. We, <laughs> we revel in our mistakes. Why bother post-production on a freaking podcast for all things? Of course not. Okay. Here we go. Ah. Basket it. Love it. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, here we go, Drew. Who is your FTG of the week? My fuck that guy is I'm going to your sport, Zay. I'm going to golf. Oh. And I'm going to go go with Phil Mickelson. Oh, Always liked Phil Mickelson. Always an affable chap. I hear great things, stories. People behind the scenes at tournaments have always told me he is, like, really a genuine, nice guy. Uh, Not genuine. He's a nice guy, but he's a candidate, as they call him. The candidate. The candidate. He's he's all smiles for everybody. But, well, that's the thing. I've seen guys. Bit of a phony. Bit of a I, I've seen guys like that. I've seen guys treat you know bat boys or clubhouse guys like shit, and then they're nice to me, and I think, oh, you're a fraud. But I've, I don't know. I don't have any of that on Phil. But my thing with Phil is the whole thing with the putt that was the national controversy for ten yes. minutes earlier this year. Yeah. Then you know this weekend when he calls a two-stroke penalty on himself for tamping down grass on a tee box in front of you know, improving his lie. Did you see that? I did not see that. Oh, he called a penalty on himself, a uh, two-stroker. And, I, on a tee box. Yes. I don't think that's illegal. Uh, I'm going to look this up. Apparently Did, it is. It happened Drew, at the Greenbrier. Well. Everybody was, was you know, Kevin Na was the man. Okay. Yeah. So Mickelson called a two-stroke penalty on himself, improving, improving his line of play. He tamped down some fescue in front of the tee box on the seventh hole at the old white TPC. With, his, with, it, with, the, with the ball teed up? Uh, yes. Yep. I don't. I don't and think that's a penalty. He went and asked. Well, he went and asked the rules official, and the official said yes. But the thing is, apparently, he could have he could have avoided the penalty by just picking up the tee and moving it to a different spot on the, on the box. <laughs> what a douche! So here's Ends the thing: up shooting I, 81, by the way. Yeah, but here's no, the that thing: was a, that was a Shinnecock. Okay. No, yeah. He um, didn't shoot that. He, here's the thing, though. I because of his recent history and stuff, I don't know. What, I, I'm wondering if he's doing this to draw attention to himself of course he is so i'm like he's trying to show oh look i play by the rules yeah he was not gonna win this event no fuck that guy yeah this is unbelievable i'm finding out about this now on a monday morning okay (laughs) so go to phil Phil, mickelson phil mickelson fuck that guy all right here's my fuck that guy for the week Anybody at this point who has to fawn all over themselves kissing Adrian Wojnarowski's ass. Oh, another Woj bomb. Oh, really? Patrick Beverly signing a three-year deal for $19 million? Like, that's a bomb exactly? It's just called basic fucking reporting. Yes. Is he the most connected NBA reporter out there? Of course he is. But enough of the people falling all over themselves in delight of Woj, Woj. 
fuck those guys. He's just a reporter. <laughs> All right, Drew, for people that want to listen to you, go to the iHeart app. iHeartRadio app, uh, the Big 920, the Big 1070, Milwaukee, and Madison. Just Google Drew Olson's show. You'll find us. All right, very good. And, of and course, Twitter. follow Drew on Twitter at? Drew Olson MKE. I love hearing from people who are fans of the Zabecast. There are many of them. They are. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you it. We'll end with this today. An unthinkable act of nutrition douchebaggery has been pulled at a warehouse store you may know and you may still love called Costco. This story reads almost like a spoof of sorts, almost like it's from The Onion, almost like a, you got to be kidding me, right? Costco is cutting off one of customers' favorite options from their menu in its food courts. The retailer is taking the Polish hot dog off the menu to make way for new items, according to the Seattle Times. Locations will be deeply discounting the Polish dog in an effort to make room for new, healthy menu items, such as Akai fruit bowls and organic burgers. Costco is well known for its inexpensive but surprisingly tasty food court. Yeah, no shit, man. I used to get the slice of pizza there, the pepperoni pizza. It was a meaty slab of pizza. It, it had the heft and the weight of like a of a of a car mat, of a of a floor mat in your in your truck. And it was like two dollars. But when the retailer makes adjustments to the menu, there is bound to be backlash. Customers are not pleased with the fact that the Polish hot dog, a variation on Costco's wildly popular classic hot dog, will remain on the menu but will no longer be available the popular hot the classic hot dog is on the menu the polish dog is going away boo boo costco do you even eat the polish dog no i don't eat the polish dog why you're polish half polish ah yeah just never been a fan of the the polish hot dog or the the polish uh the 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 polish dog as it were not a fan of sauerkraut either and don't at me on that because i don't give a fuck it's disgusting sauerkraut the worst if you like it great eat it i don't not gonna eat it I think they should put the healthy items next to the shit that we like that's cheap and delicious and awful for you and then just see what you sell more of. And I can assure you, they're going to start getting rid of the Akai burgers or the organic burgers and the Akai fruit bowls pretty soon because they'll just be sitting there. Because there's not enough healthy people that go to Costco. Trust me on that. Walk the aisles. Take a look at the BMIs of most of the people in there. Enough said. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up that message board about how great I am. Leave a positive review and rating. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. And always remember, a serving size is not really a serving size. It's called a starting point. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Put your car on cruise and lay back, because it's summertime.